people, and welcome back to A Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to me as I talk about my trip to Panama. So first things first, I discuss why I even went to Panama, what I loved about Panama, and what I really, really loved about it. And it surprised me how much I love this aspect about it. The dynamics of interacting with tourists there that are predominantly white throughout my experiences has always been the case. So I talk about a little bit about that and a post that I made on a social media platform and how the comments that people made in regards to that, which were very interesting, you'll soon hear. And last but not least, some of the interesting aspects I've realized that made me more Costa Rican in uh, this trip to Panama that I, re- that I realized and noticed. It's a short one, but nice one for you. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Let's begin my trip to Panama. So to give you some context, um, I'm currently on spring break and you get two weeks off. Well, not you get, if you were here, (laughs) my school gave me two weeks off of spring break because we didn't get anything off in February, which is usually midwinter break. So they give us two, at least I think that's the rationale. (laughs) They gave us two uh, for April. So I was happy about that. And so I knew I wanted to go somewhere. Um, I wanted to do something at least. And in the program that I'm in, the master's program, for those that don't know, I'm in a master's program. And in this program, there's teachers from other schools uh, within my company um, all over the world. And so one of them is Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. (laughs) He's in Panama. So we became pretty good friends throughout this program, throughout these two years. And we always been study buddies or whatever the case may be. And so I'm like, I'll hit him up. See what's up. And he said, yeah, come through. Um, He's like, if you want me, my wife have a spare room if you want to stay. I was like, all right, that's that's dope. Um, So yeah, so basically I went there with the intention of meeting Ryan. You know, I've seen him through Zoom, but meeting him in person. He's a cool guy. He's a musician like me. And, you know, meeting his wife and just, you know, having a good time. And so, and then obviously going by myself, but seeing uh, Panama City from my own as well. So it was nice to have the best of both worlds. To know somebody that lived there and travel myself, which is cool, which I like. I do a lot of uh, to get to get to know the place that I'm in. And so that's what I did. So basically I went, I stayed at a hostel in right in like the the main area where it's called Casco Viejo is where most people uh, stay or at least tourists stay and, and visit. Um, so it was really dope. I, um, and yeah, then I got to meet Ryan and his wife who are amazing and cool people. It's a really, I don't know if you guys ever had the experience of meeting someone that you've met through Zoom already, given, you know, the pandemic and obviously our distance, but, and it was just like, you know, obviously we didn't miss a beat. It's like, hey, what's up? And that was it. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, a continuation of of whatever we would talk about through Zoom and stuff like that. So yeah, it was just cool. And um, that's basically what I did. I went there for four days. So now let's get into the, the four days of Panama. So one thing, obviously I'm flying, right? I, I've told you, I've for those that have listened to this podcast before, um, most of you know that I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> I just am. I think I think I've accepted this about myself. <laughs> I would like to change it, but I don't know if I could. I, I mean, besides if I take like some Xanax or something, but I haven't gone that route yet. Um, you know, like I don't really know what to do. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've said this on the podcast, so I'm gonna be very honest. I actually went to a to a psychologist. Under the impression that I would easily get prescribed 
Xanax or something like that or Ambien. You guys understand I'm, I'm, I'm crazy, but the, you understand it was like it's a big fear of mine. Um, not so much the, <laughs> I mean, the flying is, but it's more like turbulence that scares the shit out of me. Like I'm, I think, all right, this is the one I'm going to die. I know some of you might be laughing at this, but you know, I know it's irrational. I'm, I'm very aware of that. And this is, this has not always been the case with me. This has started very recently. I want to say like, since I moved to Costa Rica, I want to say this fear has like begun before I didn't really care too much. Like, yeah, I wouldn't like the idea of flying, but I wouldn't think about it that much versus now before flying, I think about it a lot. You know, I think me flying by myself also adds a layer of fear to it. Um, but anyway, so the the point is I went to a psychologist thinking that she could prescribe me with stuff. So at the beginning of the conversation, I tell her, <laughs> I say to her, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I came here because I wanted to be prescribed something. And she's like, well, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a psychologist. And I'm like, uh, so what's the difference in this context? <laughs> so I found out that only psychiatrists could prescribe medications like that. And psychologists only, you know, could talk about the things with you, you know, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> so so that was interesting. But I do recommend going to psychologists. It was, it was a pretty interesting conversation. I never went back, but I should, honestly. It was an interesting conversation with uh, that psychologist. But the point is that I don't like flying. So whatever. Thankfully, the flight was smooth. And uh, and I like the window seat. I like seeing what's going on and like kind of knowing my spatial awareness, I guess, even though obviously I have no idea where I am in the world at that moment, especially if it's a plane that have those little mini maps in front of the chair. But it's, you know, it keeps me, it feels like I feel like I'm a little in control, I guess, even though obviously I'm not. But anywho, just want to tell you a little tidbit uh, <laughs> of information. Um, but yeah, and by the way, when I saw a psychologist, it wasn't like for this trip. It was like another trip. But anyways, so yeah, so I'm flying into Panama. And it's cool. And yeah, so I, I stay in this place called Casco Viejo. And right away, boom, I meet Ryan that night. Like I said, it was a good time. Went to his rooftop bar. And let me tell you something. When I go on trips, I'm very big on like capturing moments on my phone, but also like taking it in. Like I, I kept saying out loud. And then I had to like make sure I told uh, Ryan and his wife, Laura, like there's something that I do. Sorry. Like I was just saying like, wow, this is so cool. Like, like I said that, like, at least on three different occasions. So I didn't want them to think that was crazy. But it's like, that's what I do to kind of remind myself to, like, you know, be in the moment. To, like, yo, this is what you're witnessing. You know, you don't know when you're going to see this again. Or if you are going to see this again. So take it in. Obviously through pictures, but also through my mental my mental pictures, you know. So that's something I like to do a lot. I, I like to take it in everything that I'm doing. So that was just really cool. And then I went, uh, so I explored the city for a couple nights. Um, then I went to an island called, uh, Taboga, which is really cool. It's like 30 minute ferry rides in this island. Um, and yeah, and that was just nice to be like on this beach slash bay and seeing the city in the distance. It was just, and then seeing, uh, the freaking, the, the barges of the huge ships going through the Panama Canal, well, not going through the canal, but, you know, passing by. It was just really, just as I'm talking about, I'm seeing it in my mind. It was just really, really cool. And that was really, really dope. And in that trip, I actually went with... Another couple that I met while I was there. So funny story about that. So I'm at a bar. I'm bar hopping on this second day, I believe. And as I'm at this bar, like the terrace area, or the, no, the, sorry, the garden area outside, I see this couple come in, you know, thought nothing of it. But the guy, he had a shirt with like an address for like some spot and it had Brooklyn, New York on it. So I'm like, is this from Brooklyn? And I thought about, do I ask him, do I ruin their little date this little vacation they have on and ask this dude if he's from brooklyn and guess what i did 
That's what I did. <laughs> I asked him. I'm like, I'm sorry to interrupt. But I got to know. I'm like, are you from Brooklyn? He's like, yeah, actually, I am. So then we started talking. And then we just had to start conversing. And then, boom, we go to another bar together. And that's the shit that happens when you put yourself out there. And something I learned a long time ago when I first started soul traveling, that if you don't put yourself out there, you're not going to meet people. And people are not going to converse with you. And obviously, not everyone's going to be willing to converse with me to begin with. But the point is, you don't know unless you try. And the point of that wasn't for me to like, oh, let's go to a bar together. It's just more I was what was more interested. But they were obviously interested in company as well, you know. So then we went out to another bar, and it was just cool. And that's the cool thing about solo traveling is that you don't think about doing those things. Like I told them this, and they, I don't think they would have like spoken to me randomly if I didn't say anything to them. You know what I mean? I feel like whenever you, and I've done this before, if you go on a trip as a couple or with a friend, you're usually just thinking about, you know, you and the other person, not necessarily the people around you. Um, there's, It's only if you're open to that and if you want that, then you're going to be open to it. But as a soul traveler, usually, for the, at least in my case, I am open to that, to always meeting new people and and things of that sort. So that's why I kind of like the the solo traveling dynamic that I um, that I put myself in when I do solo travel. So anyway, so that was cool meeting them, and I actually went to the island to the island with them, and that was dope. Um, one thing about Panama, it is really fucking hot. It is extremely hot there, and the humidity is insane. And it's only an hour away on flight, but obviously it makes a huge difference um, going uh, south. I yeah, south of. Uh, towards South America, I guess that makes a difference, or at least where it is in the equator. I don't know why, but it's it's hotter there, and it's more humid. And we went on a hike, actually, on the island, and we were done. Like, we went halfway up this hill, and it wasn't even the distance. It was the literal heat exhaustion. No shade, like, at least 90 degrees, and just beaming down on you, and that was not fun. Like that, that was one of the few times I was like, okay, Angel, if you keep doing this, Something not good is going to happen. And so thankfully, I'm like, all right, I know my limits. I'm done. And thankfully, they were also done. They're like, yeah, this is not worth it. <laughs> so that was that was, that was was interesting and fun. But again, we got a, we, we were halfway and saw something. So yeah, so that was like the third day. And then, yeah, then again, at the hostel, I used to stay at a hostel. Actually, before I even get into the, before I even get into the hostel, I want to talk about Panama and like the differences I noticed between Panama and Costa Rica. This is my first trip since the pandemic basically like to international travel, you know, since like 2019. So this is a big deal for me to travel again and be literally on vacation. So I left my laptop at home. I'm like, I'm doing no work, just straight leisure for me for four days and then get back to work. So anywho, so the cool thing about Panama that I noticed is that the Spanish is more Caribbean than in uh, Costa Rica, which I like. It, uh, for example, in Spanish, if you say, how are you, right? Como estas? That's the, you know, what people will say, the quote unquote normal way of saying you know, how are you? Como estas? And that's the way it's said here in Costa Rica. But in Panama, I noticed it was more como esta. Or como esta. Like, they'll cut out the S's. Like Dominicans do. That's the way I grew up speaking. I grew up saying como esta. Not como estas. Not enunciating, you know, and pronouncing every single parts of the word. You know what I mean? So that's the way I grew up kind of talking Spanish. Speaking Spanish, excuse me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and, and, I, and I'm used to that. So that was cool. I felt kind of like a home of flavor, un sabor, you know, to to the way they spoke Spanish. Then I really liked that a lot. And, the, the, the you know, the people, the, like the bartenders, they were just really cool and really, really open to conversations. And it was dope. And that was really, I had a really good time uh, there. So now, um, and then another thing about Panama City, which I loved, 
And I don't know a lot of people that traveled to Panama to begin with. So it's not like I went there thinking, oh my God, Panama's going to be this amazing spot. It was more like, let me just go somewhere that's nearby. That the city, the view of the city is spectacular. Talking about super nice. Like you could put that city, that, that skyline anywhere around the world and you're going to be impressed. And, I'm not, and, and I've been to quite a few places. Um, it's very impressive. And one, obviously, I'm from New York, so <laughs> so it, it's it's very impressive. I thought it was really, really dope and really, really cool. And I went to the Marriott uh, just to get uh, some uh, some drinks and and food with some of the people from the hostel. And we, the, it was just the perfect sunset. Like they had this infinity pool. You couldn't get in, but you know it has this infinity pool and like this overlooking the whole city. And the sun is right behind it. You see the mountains. It was so picturesque. And then we waited till nighttime. And that looked even, it looked so great. Just so great. I was so freaking happy. I'm like, this is such a dope-ass view. So glad I came here. I'm glad it was a nice day for that for the hotel, um, to see the hotel, see the view from the hotel, excuse me. Um, yeah, so that was cool. So I, I was really impressed with the city. It's way more impressive than San Jose. And there were a lot of things to do in at least um, that area Casco Viejo. Like, they were, it's, it's super walkable, and there were a lot of things to do versus... Here in Costa Rica, I've said it ad nauseum. There's not, it doesn't feel that way in different pockets here, like in San Jose. It's like, oh yeah, you go here, you go there. It doesn't have that same kind of vibe. Like the the also the infrastructure is different. Like there is like more colonial kind of vibes, you know. And you know, I'm not saying the colonialism is good, but at least the infrastructure looks kind of cool, you know, like different colors, like the light, the lights and the darks and all this other stuff. And then you know the terraces with it looked really cool, like a really cool place that you want to be at. And there's not places like the San Jose that you want to be at that look like anything like that. You know what I mean? So that's not me trying to shit on, on Costa Rica San Jose, but it's just, it's not city. This was a city. You felt it. You felt it when you were like, all right, there's things to do here in this city kind of vibe. And I really, really like that. Like, I really enjoy that. Went to like five different rooftop bars and just like really cool uh, plazas. Just, it was just great. I really, and I'm, I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed it, honestly. I was really I was like, wow, I will come back here with a group of people because this is really dope and it's really cool. So Panama was amazing. But now I want to get into, because this is not going to be such a huge, uh, super long episode about my trip to Panama. Um, but I want to get into a couple of things. Um, the one thing that I want to get into, which has always been the case when I've traveled, but obviously as you get older, I don't know if you become, I don't know, more wise. I don't even want to use the word wise. That's the wrong word. You, you Just more aware and you think about it maybe a little bit more than I used to when I was younger. But I usually stay in hostels when I solo travel, right? And most of the time, the tourists that, you know, are at these hostels are white. That's just been my personal experience. And I don't know if that that goes for all over the world as far as like tourism or at least hostel culture. But predominantly, I've been to quite a few hostels um, in quite a few different countries. And they're mostly white people. That are, that are doing this, whether they're Canadian, American, European, whatever the case, they're mostly predominantly white. And me being Latino, I'm usually the minority, right? And the dynamics are very interesting because of that being the case. Um, so what I've noticed, especially when I travel in Latin America, is that, you know, because I'm usually the only one in the group that speaks Spanish, um, I'm the one mostly interacting with the locals and not them. So you can have a dynamic, a, a weird dynamic, and this might be me thinking too much, I don't know, but where you feel kind of like a tour guide, even though you're also visiting the country too. You know what I mean? Like, again, a little bit of that, not a lot of it, but just a little bit. 
where I'm like, okay, none of them know the Spanish. I'm going to be speaking and translating everything. And like, that's kind of cool. You know, I'm bilingual. I can speak to them, speak to them. Like, that's cool. But it gets a little tiresome as well. I'm not going to front. It gets a little, it gets a little bit tiresome. Like I would like to be in a context, obviously I would need to travel to these places, right? Like I would like to go somewhere like Asia where I don't know the language and I would have to figure this shit out along with the rest of the tourists there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that's the that's the one interesting aspect every time I travel in Latin America that most of the people that I meet at the houses are mostly white. And that's basically the dynamic is this minority or a few minorities, but there's very, I'm practically in most cases either the only one or one of, or one of like two or three. And most of them are white or whatever the case may be. So it's always interesting. And this is not to say that, oh, Angel, is that, a, is that a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing in the sense that I want more people that look like me to be traveling, right? Or at least staying in hostels. Um, but that's not the case for whatever reason. And I'm not going to get into as why hostel culture is more white or whatever the case may be. That's not for this. But the point is that it's something I notice, And I bring this up because I actually made a post about it on Reddit, which is, if some of you don't know, it is like, I believe it's considered social media. Yeah, social media platform where you have like different forums to discuss different, whatever you want to talk about, you find the forum, which is called a subreddit, like a sub, and you post there. So I posted on this subreddit uh, called Solo Travel. And uh, I don't post there often, but it was just my, this what I what I'm telling you right now was on my mind. So I just like let me put this out into the internet world, into to the internet, and see you know see what people think. So I posed the question. I'm gonna read it to you because I want I wanted to be exactly verbatim. So I said, "People of color, how do you feel being one of a few, if not the only, minority tourists when traveling?" And basically, I just wrote what I just told you here that I'm usually the only one, like from the U.S. But mostly. White people, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's interesting. I'm like, I'm used to it, but it's still a weird dynamic nonetheless. And to my shock, over 366 comments on this post, it was super, I'm like, it took off. I'm like, wow, I did not expect that amount of responses. And well, there were a lot of uh, people of color, black and brown people, talking about their experience. Some of them saying, yeah, like, I love it. I love being, you know, it makes me, like, I think some, someone said, like, exotic or something like that. Or, like, it's cool. You get a lot of attention, which, and I guess to that person, they might like. Some people said, yeah, I felt, like, discrimination or I'm treated I'm treated as if I'm, you know, one of the workers or whatever the case may be in different contexts. Um, so that was cool. And then there were also some, what I presume to be white people talking about, why do you why do you care about that? Why does that matter to you? Why don't you enjoy where you are? Which I thought was a very ignorant response. Um... And then there were a couple others that were like, are you surprised that the the workers from Latin America look like you and you're Latin America? And I'm like, no, dumbass. That's not, <laughs> that's not what I'm surprised about. It's more me observing and acknowledging that this is the thing, that while I'm in traveling Latin America, the only people that look like me are the people that are servicing me. Predominantly speaking, the tourists, which I'm a part of that group, I'm a foreign, I'm a tourist, are predominantly white. And that leads to a dynamic, right? And I think about social dynamics all the time. And maybe to my detriment, but it's important to me. I, I, I care about why we act the way we are and, and what little intricate, not intricacies, or like the little differences and similarities between different groups of people and why why that is. It, it's, it's of interest to me. And again, let me reiterate, 
the white people that I met at the hostel, they were cool. <laughs> it's not like I'm like, oh, I don't want to hang out with these. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I had a good time with them. I hung out with them for a prolonged period of time. Ryan is a white dude. I want to go see him. <laughs> so that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it would be nice if there was more diversity in travel. And hopefully, through his podcast, obviously, it'll be like Live Abroad, but also anything else you might listen to, that, you know, get, we get more people uh, of color, black and brown folks, to travel abroad. And obviously, we go into why, you know, people might not have the access to do so, might not know how to do so in an affordable way. There's so many different things that that's, it'll be, I'll be here forever. Um, but maybe I should do an episode on that with somebody else. But yeah, so that, I wanted to hit on that because that was very important. Um, so it's important for me to talk about because something that I care about, obviously, <laughs> diversity. And yeah, and, and again, hostels, like I still like hostels. It's not like I, I won't stay at a hostel because of this diversity stuff. But, you know, as I get older, I, I wonder if I'm also, I think I also I want to talk about this. I wonder as the, as the older I get, if I'm phasing out of that hostel vibe. Because also different is, it, is its own culture as well. Like to stay at a hostel, it usually brings about a certain type of person, regardless whether they're white or black or brown. It's a certain personality of person that stays at hostels. You know what I mean? Like they're usually sociable, outgoing, more more tend on the younger side as well. And yeah, so I think it it, it attracts a certain type of person. Um, and I do hostels because it's just affordable, and I don't mind sleeping in a bunk bed with four other people. I really don't care. Uh, as long as I get to see the things I want to see. And then when I want to spend money, I could, <laughs> you know, because I'm because I'm saving money by staying at the hostel. So that's something I'm probably going to keep doing. But I do wonder if it's going to come to a point where I don't really want to stay at a hostel anymore. And that'll be interesting if and when that happens, if that happens soon. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted <laughs> as far as that. But I will tell you this one thing. I do shy away from hostels here when I still travel in Costa Rica because I live here. And that's a weird dynamic to be on a weekend getaway here while people are touristing. Touristing? Is that even a verb? When people are visiting <laughs> Costa Rica, you know, as tourists. Um, yeah. So that's the one thing I try to stay away from hostel. I try to stay like in hotels, boutique hotels, or whatever the case may be. I mean, I've stayed at hostel before, but I try to book like a private room um, and stuff like that. Because it, it, that also could be like a weird dynamic. More weird than when you're traveling yourself. That's what I liked about Panama is that I was traveling myself. I was also a tourist. So I felt like a tourist in a place I've never been to. So that was cool. Also, forgot one more thing. Keep forgetting stuff. It's off the cuff. Stay with me, y'all. Stay with me. Um, I realized being here and then traveling now from Costa Rica to somewhere else, how, I guess you could say how Costa Rican I've gotten. <laughs> and I say this because, or at least how much of the Costa Rican culture has become more ingrained in me. Uh, when I first arrived in Panama, I see someone, I was waiting for a taxi. I'm like, oh, where do I go see get the taxis? I told him in Spanish. He tells me, and then I respond by saying, Pura Vida. Now, for those that don't know, Pura Vida is literally like the slogan of Costa Rica. Um, you could say it for everything. You could say it for hello, goodbye, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Pura Vida for literally everything, Pura Vida. And I said it without realizing I said it. And then I'm like, I thought I'm like, Angel, what the hell are you saying? Why did you say Pura Vida? It came so natural to me while talking in Spanish <laughs> to end the conversation with Pura Vida. And that wasn't the only time I did that. I also was, I want to see the Panama Canal, by the way. And oh my God, that shit is a feat of engineering. Like, so cool. So, and then the history of the museum I went to, super informative about the history of the Panama Canal. A lot of fucked up shit. Obviously, they treated like, Black workers, less than white workers, go figure. But it was interesting nonetheless, the history about the Panama Canal. And 
the, the it's a feat of engineering. The way that the like the water levels change, I was like, how the, it's like a magic trick. Like how the hell they do this? That was cool. But anyway, the point being is that I asked the guy where could I get the tickets to the Panama Canal. And he tells me, and I must have, I didn't even realize it this time. I must have said Pura Vida again. Because as I'm leaving, he goes, Pura Vida, my Costa Rica. And then I'm like, what? Why did he say that? And I'm like, oh my God, I must have fucking said Pura Vida again. <laughs> it was so, and then when you go to museums, people ask you, oh, where are you visiting from? And I have to say Costa Rica. I'm not going to say this long-winded answer of, yeah, uh, no, the United States, but I live in Costa Rica. Like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I've been three years. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah, Costa Rica. And even at the hostel, you know, they were confused a little bit because I say Costa Rica and they hear my accent like, wait, I'm like, yeah, I'm from New York, but I live in Costa Rica. So there, I have to do a little bit more explaining. <laughs> but it's just so interesting how these things, as you live abroad, it could be more ingrained in, in your person and how you are and how you talk. And it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of cool, but also scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and one more thing. Um, another privilege, uh, not privilege, what am I talking? Well, yeah, no, it is a privilege, actually. Uh, when I flew back into Costa Rica, the one thing that now has become a cool thing is that now I go through the national, uh, line through immigration and not the tourist line. And my God, the line came back Friday. The line for the tourists to get into Costa Rica was insane. The most amount of people I've seen on this immigration line. And I'm like, all right, this makes sense, spring break. And the tourist line was, of course, half as long and went way faster. And I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool that I'm like a resident here. I could go through this line and I'm just walking by with my American passport, but a Costa Rican resident. So I get to go way faster than all of y'all. So that's a cool privilege. I'm not going to front. <laughs> so that's a cool little thing of how I've become more Costa Rican, I guess you could say, as I've been here. But uh, yeah, just, you know, some observations. Basically, my trip to Panama in a nutshell, some interesting stuff about dynamics, more diversity, and yeah, hope you enjoyed this solo episode. It's been a minute. That's all I got. <laughs> As usual, I hope you enjoyed that episode with me. Um, <laughs> not much more to say to that. Um, I might have an episode next week. I'm not sure. I, I Ryan, shout out to Ryan again, put me in contact with someone uh, that's his colleague, African-American, who's living in Panama. So I'm actually doing a uh, full-on interview on what's it like to actually live in Panama with this guest. Hopefully I have her on uh, in a week or two. So look forward to that. Um, now it's, uh, it's my last week of spring break. I'm just chilling here in Costa Rica because there's a lot of everything sold out. Anywhere you want to go here is sold out because tourists are everywhere. And I think Costa Ricans might have some of these days off as well because it's Semana Santa. You know, uh, for Easter Sunday, so they might have a couple of days off themselves, and they're probably traveling too. So I'm probably just gonna kick it here in uh, Santana, this little uh, area in this province of San Jose. And just yeah, maybe do a day trip. I don't know, but yeah, just chilling because I got a lot of work to do for this masters, and so I'm trying to prioritize. You know, I'm like, had my fun already, Angie. You had your fun. You didn't do any work for four days. Now time to work. So yeah, that's basically it. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is 11 Color Abroad. Peace. <laughs>